0: Well, god bless you welcome to the wonderful words of life radio program we are going to be looking at the prophecies of the messiah in the scriptures that have been fulfilled or will be fulfilled by jesus christ and i want to begin uh, in prayer and then we're going to read out of john chapter 5. <clears throat> heavenly father we thank you lord we bless you today bless you for your word thank you father open up our eyes to see Open up our ears to hear and our heart to understand, and we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus said this in John chapter 5, beginning in verse 30, reading down through verse 39. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent him you believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, So we're going to look at scriptures today pertaining to the prophecies of the Messiah that were fulfilled by Christ. Now, Bible scholars have figured out that there are anywhere between 300 and 351 uh, prophecies or prophetic scriptures rather that are fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Uh, his birth, his lineage, uh, his death, his resurrection, all of these things that uh, took place that were completely out of Christ's control. Uh, And they didn't happen accidentally, and they weren't deliberately fulfilled. And so there is a book written, and the title of the book is Science Speaks, and it's written by Peter Stoner and Robert Newman. And in this book, they discuss the statistical improbability of one man whether on purpose or whether by accident fulfilling just eight of these 300 to 351 prophecies by himself and they have calculated that the chance of this happening now we're looking at just eight of the prophecies now not the 300 the chance of this happening they say is one in tenth to the seventeenth power. That's seventeen zeros uh, behind this uh, ten. And Stoner uh, he presents this scenario as a as a, a an object lesson. Uh, suppose he and he writes this way: suppose that we take uh, the ten to the seventeenth power silver dollars and lay them on the face of Texas. And they cover all of the state two feet deep. And we take one of the silver dollars and we mark it. And we take all of these silver dollars together and we stir them and mix them all up. And then we lay them out, covering the entire state of Texas, silver dollars, two feet deep. And then we blindfold a man. And tell him that he can travel wherever he wants to go over the state of Texas, but he can only pick up one silver dollar. And that one silver dollar is the one silver dollar that is marked. Now, what are the chances of that happening? Well, one in 17, one in 10 to the 17th power. And see, so just eight of these 300 prophecies, Jesus fulfilling, speaks to us of the surety and the evidence of the Messiahship of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at uh, in this uh, session, we're going to look at uh, the passages of Scripture concerning uh, his birth. So the first scripture we're going to look at is in Genesis chapter three, and we'll be reading verses 13 through 15. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field, and upon your belly shall you go, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between thy seed and And her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this has taken place with the birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because scripture teaches us that Christ paralyzed the works of the devil, He destroyed the works of the devil. And when he rose from the dead, he says, all power, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. And, of course, this eastern term, it shall bruise thy head, speaks to us of taking the authority away from someone. In other words, if a king is deposed, his head has been bruised. In other words, his authority has been taken away from him. And that's exactly what Jesus uh, did to the devil. The devil had power over over death. Now, Jesus in uh, the book of Revelation, he says plainly, I have the keys of death and of hell. So whatever authority that Satan had uh, concerning death and hell, he doesn't have it any longer. Uh, Jesus has it. <laughs> Amen. In virtue of his victory over the evil one. Praise God. Amen. So that's. That's a prophecy fulfilled. Jesus came as the seed of woman and he gave himself. Now <clears throat> he fulfilled other areas of the passages of scripture. He's not only called the seed of woman. He's also called the seed of Abraham. He's also called the seed of Isaac. He is also called the seed of Jacob. He's called the seed of promise. Amen. So. Through the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, God brought forth him who was going to rule all nations. And of course, that's our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now we're going to look at Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1. Now, this would be a very obscure passage of Scripture if it weren't fulfilled in the New Testament. Now, this is... uh, A prophecy in Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Now, how do we know that this pertains to the Messiahship of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, Matthew records this very same passage of Scripture. In Matthew, chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod. Notice this. Notice how Matthew records this, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying out of Egypt have I called my son. So that is a definite fulfillment of the prophecy that the Lord had given uh, to Hosea. Uh, hundreds of years before Christ came, but was fulfilled in Jesus. So uh, the story of Israel, uh, the origin of Israel began in Egypt. And isn't it interesting how that uh, the very son of God, amen, went down into Egypt And came back out of Egypt by the word of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Now, there's another uh, prophecy that we want to look at, and that's in Psalm. uh, The second division of the psalm we will not have time to read the entire psalm, but it's uh, a psalm that speaks about uh, the kings of the earth banding together against God. And against his anointed. Well, who would his anointed be? Well, Christ means the anointed one. So uh, this is speaking specifically of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God calls his anointed one his son. Amen. And this is what he says, I will make the nations your inheritance. And then he and then in this psalm he warns the kings to be wise, to kiss the son. Amen. Lest he be angry and lest he come and destroy you. So uh, we have in the life of Jesus, we have King Herod uh, who tried to destroy Jesus. But uh, he, you, you can't destroy that which God ordains. I mean, you just can't do it. And the Christ child came by the will of, of the Father. It was God's plan and purpose. He brought Jesus into the world to give his life a ransom. Amen. For all who would believe in him. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's from the lowest slave, the lowest servant uh, to the highest king on earth. Jesus shed his blood for every human being. And also, we know from Scripture that it's not God's will for any to perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But see, it's going to take faith on the individual's part, amen, and the reality that Jesus is their Savior. See, I I walked in darkness even though I was raised in a Christian church. I I walked in darkness for uh, 21 years thinking that I was good enough to get heaven, to get to heaven. But when the gospel was preached that Wednesday night, I realized that I wasn't. And the the salvation offered by God through Jesus Christ became very real. It was that Wednesday night, amen, that my spiritual condition became real to me. Amen, that I was no longer blinded by the God of this world. There are so many in the world today. The vast majority of the population of this entire world are, are walking in darkness. Their eyes have been blinded by the evil one, either blinded by politics Blinded by power, blinded by religion, uh, blinded by uh, the, the false things that that uh, of uh, philosophy, atheism, uh, agnosticism, all of these kind of things, they're all laid out. And in, uh, in many, many ways, many schemes and plots and devices of the enemy to keep people blinded to the truth. It takes the preaching of the gospel with the anointing and the power of God. Hallelujah. The power of God actually is in the gospel uh, to get people uh, to see that the, this thing is real. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the purpose by which he came, all of this is real, but it has to be made real to the individual before he can see it and before he can accept it. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now we're going to look at another very familiar passage of scripture. This is found in Isaiah chapter seven and verse 14. This is a prophecy concerning the virgin birth of Christ. Very familiar passage of scripture. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a son. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call his name and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And of course, Emmanuel uh, in the Hebrew means God with us. Now, this passage of Scripture is not talking about any on anyone other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know this because of Matthew's gospel in chapter one, verses 22 and 23. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the Son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord. Once again, of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now this of, uh, out of Matthew's gospel directly links the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to the prophecy of Isaiah, which was prophesied of him uh, several hundred years before Christ was ever born. That this is an absolute supernatural miracle event that only God himself could do. Man cannot do it. A woman could not do it. Amen. God did it. Praise God. Amen. Now, Another very familiar passage of Scripture, this is found in Isaiah chapter 9. This is a very famous prophecy, and we'll read verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Notice how this child born is called the Everlasting Father. Now, how do you figure that? Well, you can only answer that question by looking at the Trinity, the Godhead, amen, that are all equal and co-eternal, amen, of the same quality, praise God, amen, hallelujah. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The book of Revelation calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this or will perform this. So this prophecy covers uh, the entire uh, life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ from his birth to his resurrection to him being uh, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings during the millennial reign and even beyond the millennial reign. Amen. Well, he will subdue all things unto himself. And then the King himself will submit himself to God, the father that we may be notice that notice the scripture says that we may be all in all. In other words, the work will have been completely finished. Sin will have been expunged uh, from the universe. It will be no more. Amen. All the former things will have passed away. Amen. And we'll go on into the eternities. God's showing us the riches throughout the ages now, throughout the ages, God's showing us the riches of his grace and his kindness towards us. I'm telling you, praise God. Heaven is not going to be a boring place. It's going to be an exciting place. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. And I know that you and I know that I, amen, we just, uh, we're waiting for that day. Amen. When we uh, appear with Christ in heavenly places, glory to God. Now here's another, Uh, prophecy in Isaiah, and this has to do with the branch of Jesse. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, remember now, remember the Jordan River when Jesus came out of the water, he was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit without measure. You and I have the Spirit by measure. Amen. The whole body of Christ, every born again child of God has the Spirit combined without measure. Jesus himself in one body had the Spirit without measure. Amen. Once again, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Nobody, nobody could get one up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time he was asked a question. Whether sincerely or in attempt to trick him, he always knew the answer. There's only two times that I find in the Gospels where Jesus was asked a question and he didn't answer. And that was before Pilate and that was before Herod. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, once again, and and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. Remember two times in the book of Revelation, it talks about how Jesus is gonna rule the nations with a rod of iron. Here it says he's gonna rule the world Amen. With the rod of his mouth. And of course, you know, that reminds us of Revelation chapter 19 when Jesus returns and the description of him, a great sword coming out of his mouth, which was the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice this with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, shall he slay the wicked. Think of the Antichrist and all the forces of the Antichrist. All arrayed there in the Valley of Megiddo, Amen, to try to resist uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and how He's going to slay all of them, and it's going to be such a slaughter that the the blood is going to run up to the horses' bridles. Now that is hard for us to contemplate, but I'm telling you. Uh, blood is going to run like the water when it comes to God coming in Jesus Christ. Amen. To to uh, repay uh, the wicked for all of their evil deeds. Now, verse five says, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness, the girdle of his reins. Praise God. Amen. And we know that that was fulfilled. Now there is a passage of scripture in 2nd Samuel chapter 7 verses 12 through 16. Now and let me go ahead and before I, I mention this going back to Isaiah chapter 11 there is a sevenfold notice there is a sevenfold notice that a sevenfold characteristics of Jesus Christ and he fulfills every one of them. Every one of them. The spirit of the Lord rested upon him. The spirit of wisdom rested upon him. The spirit of understanding rested upon him. The spirit of counsel and the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen. He was a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Amen. And he was the the uh, the prince. We'll call him this. We'll, he is called the prince of righteousness. Amen. Praise God. Now, there is a passage of scripture in Second Samuel, chapter seven, Verses 12 uh, through 16. Now, this was God's promise uh, to David and it concerned his son Solomon. But the last verse, verse 16, does not have only to do with Solomon. Solomon was part of it. But this prophecy will be fulfilled by Jesus Christ himself. And verse 16 says this and thine house. Speaking to David, and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. And it's interesting to note that both Matthew and Luke, when they record the genealogy of Jesus Christ, both of those genealogies list David as uh, one of his ancestors. And that's an amazing, an amazing thing. Praise God. Amen. All right, now. Malachi chapter 3 in verse 1. This is a, a prophecy about Christ coming to the temple, and we know that he did. Now, this first part of this prophecy concerns John the Baptist. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, one thing we know about the ministry and life of John the Baptist, he never appeared in the temple. We have no record of of John the Baptist ever going to the temple, but we have repeated records of Jesus going to the temple. First, his uh, father and mother carried him into the temple to be circumcised. And then we have him again at a feast of the Jews uh, as a 12 year old boy, Jesus teaching the scribes and the Pharisees. And we also have at the circumcision of Jesus, both Anna and Simeon spoke specifically concerning uh, the little baby Jesus as the Christ child. Amen. Praise God. Now, we have another very obscure passages of Scripture. It's, It's well known. But it was spoken by somebody who wasn't of the Lord. And this is speaking of Balaam. Numbers 24, beginning in verse 15. And he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, has said, and the man whose eyes are open, has said, he has said, which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the most high which saw the vision of the Almighty. See, and this tells us right there that not everybody who has the knowledge of the Most High is of God. Balaam was not of God, but yet he was able to peer into some things concerning the Most High. Uh, Once again, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him. Who's he speaking of? Well, he can only be speaking of one person and that's the Lord Jesus, but not nigh. There shall come a star. And I like the way the King James places this and translates this because star is in capital letters. There shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter once again capitalized shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth and Edom shall be a possession seer also shall be a possession for his enemies and Israel shall do valiantly out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. A star will come out of Jacob, a a scepter will rise out of Israel. This is speaking specifically of the great tribulation period and of the coming of the Lord. Now, another very familiar passage of scripture is found in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. And this is about the Messiah coming to Bethlehem. Verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me. That is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we know that this prophecy of Micah was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And of course, we have the prophecy of Zechariah, speaking of uh, not just his son, John, but also of the one who is to come uh, after John, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally, we have the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 53, Concerning Christ, who is the servant of Jehovah, and I'll read it. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That's reading just verse, uh, verse two. But notice how that Jesus. Is, is called th- through the prophecy of Isaiah, amen, a tender plant, a root, notice this, a root out of a dry ground, dry ground being the nation of Israel at the time Jesus appeared. That Jesus had no form nor comeliness. He was able to live for 30 years as the carpenter's son and there's no miracle recorded until after he had stepped into the Jordan River and was baptized by John the Baptist. So these are, are Absolutely outstanding uh, passages of Scripture prophecies fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Amen. And this is further evidence that Jesus is exactly who the Scripture says that he is. And if you haven't received Jesus Christ, as Savior and Lord, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for it to be too late? I would advise you right now. Bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray the sinner's prayer. Accept Christ as Savior and Lord and do it by faith and God will do exactly that. He will bring you into the new birth and he'll make you a brand new person inside. So Father, we thank you today for this time in the word and we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen.